and welcome to this week's edition of the Glasgow Times News Podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes. To keep in touch with us, use our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, which are all at Q and Review. That's C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. Or get in touch via information at qandreview.com. That's information at C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W dot com. Please like and share our podcasts and give us any constructive feedback. From the Glasgow Times, date Monday the 4th of January 2021. From the news section, Glasgow man jailed after handing himself into police for breaching bail conditions. By Connor Gordon, court reporter. A man who turned himself in after breaching his bail conditions twice in three days was jailed for 16 weeks. Andrew McIntyre broke the court order by talking to neighbours Rhys Morgan and Clark Walker at their bulk of flats in Crawford on December the 12th and 15th last year. The 47-year-old then alerted police after being at his brother's property in Coatbridge, North Lanarkshire, when he was supposed to be under curfew. He pled guilty at Glasgow Sheriff Court to four bail breaches and behaving in a threatening and abusive manner. McIntyre's bail order restricted any contact with Mr Morgan and Mr Walker and ordered him to remain in his flat from 7pm to 7am. The court held McIntyre banged on Mr Morgan and Mr Walker's front door and shouted, Let me into the F, expletive deleted, in house. If you get me arrested you will know about it. A 999 call was made and officers arrived an hour later to charge McIntyre. The hearing was told of a separate matter where Mr Morgan and Mr Walker exited the taxi outside the flat. Prosecutor Alison Fadgen said McIntyre was heard shouting down from his flat to tell the taxi to wait outside. They didn't respond and he shouted again. The pair ran off inside and dialed 999 and told police of the circumstances. McIntyre was unable to be traced until he called the police at 11.10pm. Ms McFadgen said he had an argument with a family member in Coatbridge and that he was in breach of his conditions. He asked the police to attend and arrest him. When cautioned and charged, McIntyre replied, Yeah, I know, I phoned and told you. Lawyer Mark Allen, defending, told the court McIntyre stupidly attended an invite to his brother's home. Mr Allen added, He isn't clear what happened in the other incident as he had been drinking. Sheriff Alan Miller told McIntyre there was no realistic option other than a custodial sentence. And that article is by Connor Gordon. From the Glasgow Times, date Monday the 4th of January 2021. From the news section, Glasgow pervert harassed shop owner with sexual messages by Connor Gordon, court reporter. A pervert who repeatedly sent sexual messages to a shop owner online has been fined £475. Craig Robertson, 50, sent his six comments to the proprietor of the business in Glasgow's salt market on September 2018 and 2019. Robertson intentionally contacted the owner for the purposes of obtaining sexual gratification or to humiliate, distress or alarm him. 
Robertson of the city Shirlands pled guilty to Glasgow Sheriff Court to sending written sexual communication online without the shop owner's consent. It was heard Robertson misinterpreted the owner's friendless as some sort of sexual interest. Sheriff, Sheriff Alan Miller said, I have read your report and you were honest and genuine your feeling of shame and embarrassment. I don't think you will let yourself get into the same situation again and you have learned your lesson. Robertson, who works in the city centre bar of The Social, was ordered to pay a £225 fine and sold £250 in compensation to the victim. He will also be on the sex offenders register for five years. And that article is by Connor Gordon. From the Glasgow Times, date Monday the 4th of January 2021. From the news section, Glasgow's surgeon has method revolutionised patient care. By Anne Fotheringham, senior features writer. Joseph Lister, pioneer of antiseptic surgery, made his greatest discovery while working in Glasgow. In August 1861, he was appointed surgeon to the new Glasgow Royal Infirmary, where he was in charge of wards in the new surgical block. The managers hoped that the hospital disease, now known as operative sepsis, infection of the blood by disease-producing microorganisms, would be reduced in the new building. It did not work, initially, as Lister reported that between 45 and 50% of his amputation cases died from sepsis between 1861 and 1865. It was on this ward that Lister began experimenting with antisepsis. He had already tried encouraging clean healing and it was in Glasgow, inspired by the work of Louis Pasteur, that he introduced carbolic acid, now known as phenol, to sterilise surgical equipments. He also began spraying phenol on the compound fracture wounds in which a broken bone pierced the skin. Injuries with very high rates of morbidity and mortality, usually treated with amputation. Infections and deaths fell dramatically because Lister's method helped greatly in preventing sepsis and gangrene. Despite this, his methods were not generally well received and he was met with some resistance in the medical profession. Eventually, Lister's Glasgow discoveries came to revolutionise surgery. Lister retired from surgical practice in 1893 after the death of his wife in the previous year. Created a baronet in 1883, he was made Baron Lister of Lyme Regis in 1897 and appointed one of the 12 original members of the Order of Merit in 1902. He died in 1912, aged 84. Glasgow is so proud of its connection with the father of modern surgery that it erected a statue of him between the University of Glasgow and Kelvin Grove Art Gallery Museum. And that piece was by Anne Fotheringham. From the Glasgow Times, date Monday the 4th of January 2021, from the news section, Glasgow tenants to benefit from £45,000 worth of renter reductions. This article is an exclusive by Lauren Gilmore, Facebook community reporter. Living Rent Tenants Union has revealed it secured around £45,000 in rent reductions across the city after one of the most challenging years ever for the housing campaigners. In March, the group made the decision to limit its face-to-face campaigning activities, which would have ordinarily includes pickets, protests and street stalls, to engage with members of the public. One of Living Rent's first actions throughout the pandemic was to call for a payment holiday for renters, 
by starting a petition and calling on Housing Minister Kevin Stewart to implement a pause in all evictions throughout the pandemic and to grant renters who were affected by coronavirus a rent holiday and pause rent collections. While there has not been a full eviction ban, living rents campaigning and advocacy helped lead the decision by the Scottish Government to extend the period of time a tenant is allowed to be in arrears before a landlord could begin proceedings to evict them from three months to six months. The campaign group has also advocated for payment reductions on behalf of individual tenants across the city, amounting to almost £45,000. The Housing Tribunal, where landlords could apply to evict people, will also be closed until further notice. While this was not the full eviction ban that Living Rent called for, it believes it was a step in the right direction. In May, the campaigners wrote to Mr Stewart, urging him to introduce communal closed cleaning rules, following concerns that regular schedules were not being kept after providing a dossier of evidence. Following mounting pressure to announce guidelines, the Scottish Government released coronavirus, COVID-19, cleaning and hygiene advice for multi-storers and high-density flats on May 26th. This set out the need for robust cleaning regimes and the critical importance of maintaining social distance. As well as that, Living Rent has also stepped in to help tenants facing issues with their landlords. In August, Denison tenant Brendan Fitzpatrick won £3,000 in compensation from his landlord after he had issues with hot water at his ready property in Denison. Brendan discovered that his hot water was being heated by a £200 heater that could be bought from Screwfix and was not intended for use in kitchen or baths. After contacting Living Rent, the issue was then solved through communication with his letting agent, Countrywide, which acted on behalf of the landlord for the flat. They agreed to install a boiler, but just weeks later, Brendan was served with a notice to quit. Due to the disruption Brendan faced and with the assistance of Living Rent, they pushed for compensation of which he was ultimately awarded £3,300. Brendan's landlord was approached for comment, but she declined. However, a spokeswoman from Countrywide Letting Agent said, Countrywide take instruction directly from the client, landlord. As an agent, we do not have the authority to serve any notice without the landlord's express instruction. We take these matters very seriously and, as such, have instructed our team to fully investigate the points raised. Brendan said, it was like a full-time job, it was constantly back and forth, them trying to plead, argue and fight just to get hot water. A spokesperson for Living Rent said, Countrywide were stalling and stalling and would do anything not to have to pay for the repair. Eventually though, persistence and threatening legal action, they finally accepted the repair. It takes a certain level of cruelty to evict someone from their home during a pandemic. Campaigning by Living Rent also put a part in bringing about a winter eviction ban from December 11th, 2020 to January 22nd, 2021. The Scottish Government Housing Minister, Kevin Stewart, said, We took early action to, in effect, halt eviction action until March 2021 due to the pandemic. We have supported tenants throughout this difficult period through a number of actions, including increasing our discretionary housing fund from £11 million to £19 million, to provide additional housing support and shortly we will introduce our Tenant Hardship Loan Fund. We are now taking this additional temporary step after carefully assessing the unique housing situation created by the pandemic. 
A temporary ban on carrying out evictions will give additional peace of mind to tenants over Christmas and into the new year. It will also prevent additional burdens being placed on health and housing services during a time when they already worked working hard due to the impact of the pandemic. It will allow tenants who are facing eviction and may decide to take the opportunity to form extended bubbles over the festive period in line with relaxed guidance. Time to effectively self-isolate afterwards should they come into contact with a positive person. Where there is evidence of serious antisocial or criminal behaviour, including in cases of domestic abuse, evictions can still proceed as normal. And that article was an exclusive by Lauren Gilmore. From the Glasgow Times, date Monday the 4th of January 2021, from the news section, Glasgow weather, yellow warning for ice, by Ruth Sutter, multimedia journalist. Residents in Glasgow have been warned to remain cautious as sheets of black ice have hit the city's roads and pavements throughout the evening. A yellow weather warning issued by the Met Office was put in place from 6pm on Sunday, lasting until 11am this morning. That's Monday morning. Forecasters have warned Glaswegians to take care when walking along pavements and roads as the sub-zero temperatures are expected to last until the afternoon. Floods of posts on Twitter have highlighted the issue of black ice on roads and pavements across the city as residents have urged one another to take care. One tweet reads, Please take care when out. The main roads, side sheets and pavements are covered in black ice. Another added, Black ice everywhere Where this morning, people. It comes as a cold snap has seen lakes and ponds across the city freeze over, with ice skaters taking to Queen's Park over the weekend. In the articles by Ruth Sutter. From the Glasgow Times, date Monday the 4th of January 2021, from the politics section, Glasgow's young election hopefuls revealed their campaign priorities. By Lauren Gilmore, Facebook community reporter. Education, jobs and a green recovery are just some of the priorities that Glasgow's young candidates in this year's Scottish Parliament election will be campaigning on. Kim Long, 30, is currently the first Green Councillor in Glasgow North East, representing the Denison Ward. Already well versed in the issues affecting the community, she's hoping to take them to a national stage next year as a Green candidate for the Glasgow Regional List. After the economic damage the coronavirus pandemic has brought, particularly to young people. Long thinks that a green recovery should be the priority. She said, The big thing for us is we need to have a green recovery. That is about protecting people who are most vulnerable and marginalised. But we have a climate emergency and we have less than 10 years to change how we heat our homes, how we travel and all of the things that are really good in terms of anti-poverty. If we had a programme of retrofitting, it would create green jobs, quality jobs, and you have homes that would be warm. We're resonating with people, especially young people. We've had some pretty important wins in terms of reversing the exam results fiasco and free bus travel for under-19s. Climate is really high in people's agenda, especially young people. Young candidates studying for election often suffer negativity and doubts from young people about their experience to represent communities, but long has set out of this attitude. She said, I'm not here because I love the idea of being a politician. 
I'm here because I'm really angry about what I've experienced. I think I've been underestimated a lot. I don't buy this idea that age equals competence or age equals life experience. This is a belief that is shared by young candidates across the political spectrum, including Kieran O'Neill, who's a hopeful for Scottish Labour in the Mary Hill and Springburn constituency. He said, I get it a lot. I do genuinely believe I have more life experience than people in their 40s. I've worked since I was 14 and lived on my own since 17. This idea that age equals experience really annoys me. People under the age of 30 are severely underrepresented in Scottish politics. O'Neill admits Labour has a challenge ahead of them in Scotland this year, especially when it comes to young people. He said, When you look at the polls nationally, it is worrying. I don't take anything for granted. I'm still trying to be active in the local community. A pandemic has made it really difficult to run a campaign. O'Neill still believes that Labour have a lot to offer voters. He said, Labour is going to go into this election with the most progressive manifesto of any party in the history of devolution. We're a different party, but we're there to listen and we'll stand up for you. However, the Scottish Conservative hopeful for Glasgow Southside, Kel Thornton, believes that in his experience, voters like seeing a fresh face in politics and like the drive and determination youth brings. First elected as a councillor for the Newland slash Oldburn Ward, on Glasgow City Council in 2017, Thornton believes that more and more people are turning to Conservatives in places that might not traditionally be strong Conservative areas. He said, We are the clear and unequivocal pro-Union party in Scotland. We believe that that, rather than promising the jam tomorrow of independence, that we should take action today in the real issues facing Scotland. We are clear in opposition to our second independence referendum, and people from communities across Scotland trust us to stand up for our nation's place in the United Kingdom and to move Scotland on from the division and grievance of the SNP. Having joined the party in 2009, Thornton believes that the Scottish Conservatives has a real offer to make to young people. He said, The Scottish Conservatives offer the voice of change for young people in Scotland. Over the last 13 years, we've seen divisive nationalism trying to break our country apart, whereas I think younger people in particular want to see governments that try to solve issues rather than those that try to exploit them to break up our country. The Scottish Conservative has exciting ideas about boosting teacher numbers, investing in upgrading our infrastructure and growing our economy to create good quality jobs. But SNP hopeful for the Glasgow Regionalist, Christina Cannon, believes that the policies are helping young people already. Cannon joined the party after the independence referendum and became more involved throughout her time at university. She said, A lot of the SNP's policies are doing well for young people, such as free school meals at the weekend, and we always really equitably focus. We try to focus on the people that are most in need. Cannon believes young people need to have more representation in Parliament, both within her party and across Scotland. She's hopeful that young members will come forward in the next round of local elections to represent their communities. She also believes there should be a bigger focus on education. She said, Everything to me always comes back to education. How do we give people the best life chances to get where they, wa- where they want in life? And that piece was by Lauren Gilmore. From the Glasgow Times, the Monday the 4th of January 
2021 from the news section Ibrox disaster Glasgow prepares to remember the 66 Rangers fans who never came home by Jack Hall multimedia reporter it was a New Year's old firm clash like any other and a day full of hope for the months ahead. However, January the 2nd, 1971 will be forever remembered as one of the darkest moments in Glasgow's long history. The city was rocked by the loss of 66 lives, the youngest a nine-year-old boy, following a crush in stay with 13 at Ibrook Stadium in the aftermath of Rangers League match with Celtic. At the time, the tragedy was the worst in a British football ground and half a century later, the scars of the disaster remain for so many. In the years since, people from all walks of life have come together to remember absent friends and it's become a tradition for a service to be held by the light blues outside the stadium at the statue of John Gregg. However, that won't be the case today due to COVID-19 restrictions and Rangers, who are planning a ceremony on power that held at Glasgow Cathedral in 1971, have opted to postpone the memorial until fans can gather in person. Rangers said in a statement yesterday, it is with great sadness that the COVID-19 pandemic has prevented us from being able to hold a full traditional service to commemorate the anniversary. Before the impact of the pandemic took hold, we had planned to hold a service that would be similar in style and scale to the one held at Glasgow Cathedral in 1971. However, as there are no options that allow us to be completely inclusive of all of the families, survivors and representatives that should be present at such an occasion, we have decided to postpone a major event until circumstances allow us to hold a service that would reflect the significance and magnitude of the occasion. We know how important a service is, not only in terms of an act of commemoration, but also as a way for families to meet and comfort each other. In the absence of a service this year, additional digital matchday tributes will be on display tomorrow, and the club will continue to support and liaise with families via the Always Remember communication channel. The club also asked supporters to stay away from the stadium due to current Level 4 restrictions. We understand that normally a lot of people will visit the stadium January the 2nd to pay their own tributes and leave a token of respects. The statement continued. Unfortunately, we must respectfully ask supporters and individuals not to visit the stadium this year as government guidelines related to COVID-19 pandemic restrict non-essential travel. Supporters who would normally travel to Ibrox have been asked to donate to St Andrew's First Aid, who played a crucial role that fateful day in Govan. Fans can text SAFA to 70660 to pledge £10. Rangers manager Stephen Gerrard shared his own tribute ahead of the occasion. He said, I certainly know what this disaster means to people and I want to send my full respects to all the families and survivors. I also want to pay my respects to the people who passed away. It's a very special day, myself and the players are all aware of that. The tragedy was Britain's biggest disaster at the football ground until 96 Liverpool fans tragically died at Hillsborough in 1989. 31 of the victims at Ibrox were teenagers. The loss included many children, five of them schoolmates from the town of Markinch and Fife. The youngest victim was a boy of nine, Nigel Pickup, who had travelled to the game from Liverpool. One woman was among the fatalities, Margaret Ferguson, 18, from Madison near Falkirk, 
had made a doll for the daughter of Rangers centre forward Colinstein and had delivered it to his home before Christmas. A fatal accident inquiry found the 66 had died through being crushed or covered by the bodies of others. The evidence suggested the accident was caused because at least one person fell or collapsed in the stairway when those who were descending were packed closer together and being pushed downwards by the pressure of the others above and behind them. The tragedy led to huge changes in football stadia across the country. It spurred the UK government into a review of safety at sports grounds and in February 1971, Scottish Judge Lord Wheatley was asked to conduct an inquiry. It formed the basis for the Guide to Safety at Sports Ground, Green Guide, published in 1973. And that piece was by Jack Haw. From the Glasgow Times, date Monday the 4th of January 2021, from the news section, What's in store for Glasgow in 2021? By Stuart Patterson. Political correspondent. As we say goodbye to 2020, a year like no other, we can look forward to 2021 with some hope as the COVID vaccination programme gets underway. It gives hope that there can be a return to life as we knew it before March 2020. In the political calendar, 2021 is shaping to be a hugely important year. The Scottish Parliament election in May looks like it could be as crucial as the election of 2011 when the SNP won a majority, which paved the way for the 2014 referendum. If Nicola Sturgeon's party wins a majority, it will set the power for a second independence referendum. It will set up a collision course with the UK government, which has already said it will refuse the request. It is one thing to refuse just now, the other to refuse if a referendum is the central policy of the SNP manifesto that gets majority support in an election. In Glasgow, there are eight constituency seats and another seven on the regional list up for grabs. Some changes are guaranteed in the city, as two of the current MSPs are not seeking re-election. Sandra White, one of the few remaining MSPs from the very first intake in 1999, is standing down. Also, Adam Tompkins, a newcomer compared to Ms White, is standing down after just one term as a Glasgow list MSP for the Conservatives. Others could lose their place at the top of the party list, meaning new faces will emerge. In November, the biggest event to hit the city comes with COP26, when world leaders will be in Glasgow, pandemic permitting, for the United Nations Conference on Climate Change. More than 70 leaders potentially including the USA President-elect, Joe Biden, will be in the city for the week-long event at the SEC. It has been billed as the most important climate change summit since the Paris COP five years ago, where countries committed to action on reducing emissions. What a massive boost to the city's hospitality industry this will bring, if it can go ahead as originally envisaged. In the early part of the year, the Scottish Government and Health Board will face a mammoth task of ensuring the biggest vaccination programme in the history. It delivers safely and effectively. Now we have two approved vaccines for use. Then there is the recovery. Getting people back to work, helping industries rebuild. The City Council will have a big role to play in helping to deal with the problems the pandemic has caused. The focus of the pandemic will undoubtedly shift over the year from the health implications and the need to suppress and control the virus to rebuilding from the damage that the resulting lockdown caused. The emphasis on delivering effective action will switch from health and the scientific advisors 
to the economic advisors and then from the health secretary to the economy and finance ministers. The city centre has been badly hit with lockdown and, as we emerge from the health crisis action and the purpose of the city centre becomes even more urgent than it was before, the physical layout of the streets will continue to change. George Square will be almost traffic free and more streets will be for people, not traffic. The challenge is to bring new life into the city centre as changing patterns of retail and working will leave huge empty spaces right for new opportunities. The council will be pressing on the avenues project and will be expected to make good commitments in the Glasgow Metro starting with a link from the Glasgow Airport to Paisley. And that article is by Stuart Patterson. From the Glasgow Times, date Wednesday the 6th of January 2021, from the news section, Calls to close borders amid record high UK cases, by Jack Aitchison. Nicola Sturgeon has urged Boris Johnson to close the borders in a bid to tackle rising coronavirus cases. The First Minister said only essentials travel should be allowed. She was speaking as the UK recorded 60,916 coronavirus cases overnight, the highest daily figure to date. It is the first time the figure has exceeded 60,000 in 24 hours. In Scotland, a further 2,529 coronavirus cases were recorded, with a 14.8% positive rate. Of those, around half are thought to be the new, highly transmissible variant. Speaking at the Scottish Government's coronavirus briefing, Sturgeon said there was agreement across the UK in toughening rules. She said, I had a Four Nations discussion last night, chaired by Michael Gove from the UK Government, where the issue of the border, stricter restrictions on travel, including controls at the border, was discussed. There was an agreement in that call to take forward urgent Four Nations discussions about that over the course of the days ahead. Sturgeon continued, I think there has been some speculation from the UK government about a possible announcement soon and we are part of those discussions. The First Minister said border controls are the responsibility of the UK government, adding, but there is a willingness to be collaborative on how we make these decisions. She added, I want to stress something that is perhaps just still not well enough understood, which is my responsibility and my role if that is the case, that there will that it is against the law now to travel outside of Scotland or into Scotland without it being for an essential purpose. You should not be going overseas unless it is essential and you should not be coming into Scotland unless it is essential. That's different to actual physical control of the border, but it's the legal position. We've effectively said travel is banned and that is a message that I want to get across there very seriously. International arrivals into Scotland represent a very, very small fraction of those that there were a year ago, the First Minister said. International travel has really plummeted and that's certainly important and we want to make sure that we're not allowing new strains of the virus into the country, she said. Some reports have suggested that anyone travelling into the UK could be required to produce a negative COVID-19 test no more than 72 hours before their journey. Other measures being considered could include flight bans from coronavirus hotspots around the world. At the moment, anyone arriving in the UK has to quarantine for 14 days, but they can cut this down to five and then have a test. If that test is negative, they can be released early. 
Earlier, Gove told ITV's Good Morning Britain that UK ministers would make announcements in the days ahead about measures to make sure that our ports and airports are safe. He said, It is already the case that there are significant restrictions on people coming into this country and, of course, we're stressing that nobody should be travelling abroad. But I don't want to preempt the specific advice that's been going to be given. Gove later told broadcaster LBC that the government were reviewing what the appropriate restrictions might be. He continued, You'll appreciate that there are some journeys that do need to be made for vital commercial reasons, to make sure that we've got drugs in our hospitals, food in our shelves and so on, so it's not as simple as a blanket restriction. Earlier, the SNP's Joanna Cherry called on Home Secretary Priti Patel to get a grip of the situation and restrict international travel, similar to what other European countries have done to curb the spread of the virus. She continued, The UK government was far too slow to act in the spring, allowing hundreds of thousands of international visitors to enter the country in the middle of a global pandemic without effective measures in place. It seems as though they haven't learnt a thing. And that article is by Jack Aitchison. From the Glasgow Times, date Wednesday the 6th of January 2021, from the news section, Fernhill Road, Car Torch and Rutherglen Fire Attack, by Ruth Souter, multimedia journalist. A car has been deliberately set alight in an early morning fire attack. Scottish Fire and Rescue worked throughout the early hours on Tuesday to extinguish the blaze, stemming from a Peugeot 107 on Fernhill Road in Rutherglen. Two men wearing dark clothes were spotted at the scene prior to the incident in a red Vauxhall Corsa. They were seen getting out of the vehicle, approaching the Peugeot and later making off in the same Corsa along Fernhill Road in the direction of Burnside Road. Police Scotland are treating the fire as willful as appealed to public for information. Detective Constable Grant McKenchney at Camberslam Police Station said, This fire has been treated as willful and our inquiries are ongoing. We are working to identify and trace the occupants of a red Vauxhall Corsa which drove along Fernhill Road into Abbeville Way shortly before the fire started. Two men were seen getting out of the Corsa and approached the Peugeot 107. Each of these suspects were wearing dark grey hoodie tops and were seen a short time later heading back to the Vauxhall Corsa and it drove off along Fernhill Road in the direction of Burnside Road. Anyone with information on this vehicle or its occupants or anyone with details that would assist an investigation into this deliberate fire should contact Campus Line Police Station through 101, quoting reference number 0219 of 5th of January. Alternatively, crime scoppers can be contacted on 0800 555 1, where anonymity can be maintained. And that piece was by Ruth Sutter. From the Glasgow Times, Wednesday the 6th of January 2021, from the news section, Glasgow City Council Chief splashing £100,000 on compensation. This article is an exclusive by Jack Haw, multimedia reporter. Nearly £100,000 in compensation has been forked out by council bosses to disgruntled staff in the last five years. Glasgow City Council, GCC, Chiefs have spent £93,483 in payouts to settle employment tribunal cases since the start of 2016. Local authority Supremos insist the cash 
can only be counted in the thousands of 1% of the city's costs, but questions have been raised by opposition councillors. Newland slash Auburn man Kel Thornton, the Conservative workforce spokesman, said The release of these figures will rightfully infuriate hard-pressed Glasgow taxpayers who are right now seeing services slashed while their bills go up. To spend nearly £100,000 fighting for your own staff is clearly a failure of leadership. Tribunals of the scale seen in Glasgow City Council from these figures are scandalous and these changes needed. Maybe rather than putting in bulk uplift charges or patronising Glaswegians about how to recycle properly, the SNP Council should stop expensive flights with its own workforce at the taxpayers' expense. Figures obtained by a Freedom of Information, FYI request, show that £53,000 was paid in 2017 alone, double that of any other year during the time period. In 2019, the second highest amount, £24,599.72, was handed out to workers. A total of £7,913.66 was spent in 2016 and £6,000 in 2018. As of October last year, £1,970 has been dished out in 2020. For comparison, neighbouring Eastern Bartonshire Council spent £78,000 in the same time period and the five-year Glasgow total amounts to around 0.004% of the city's 2020-21 budget, £2.6 billion. A GCSE spokesman said, Clearly, any employment tribunal must be taken seriously, and any employer would wish to avoid any adverse findings. However, in terms of the financial impact, it is important to look at these figures in context, which is that, nationally, more than 100,000 cases are raised every year and the overall number of awards made to claimants is rising. Despite those facts, in one year, the total value of awards is less than the national average for a single claim and the total value across all years can only be counted in the thousands of 1% of the city's costs. And that article was an exclusive by Jack Haw. From the Glasgow Times, date Wednesday the 6th of January 2021, from the news section, Glasgow City Council worker sent to hospital after ice fall. This article is an exclusive by Maxine MacArthur, senior reporter. A union has slammed Glasgow City Council after a worker was rushed to hospital following falling in treacherous weather conditions. The 26-year-old cleansing department employee is understood to have slipped on ice in Deniston while carrying out his duties for the local authority earlier this week. GMB Union claimed the man was rushed to the Glasgow Royal Infirmary with a head injury. Chris Mitchell, the union's convener for refuse and cleansing, said he was left with a large bump and some pain. Mr Mitchell said he was not the only member of staff to slip on the ice while working and insisted the council should have ensured the streets were safe for workers and residents alike. He said, I've seen quite a few issues. I've got members sliding all about the place and now one in hospital. I've got the RCVs, refuse collection vehicle, sliding all over the place. I've got grave concerns about this. We've been told we don't want to overwhelm the NHS, but with what I've seen, accident and emergency will be full. It comes after Glasgow's health board was forced to call in extra staff after the city was covered in black ice. Glasgow City Council insisted resources are available to protect staff from falls. 
a spokesman said, Staff safety is always paramount and refresher training is provided every year, highlighting the risk posed by winter weather. All staff are provided with appropriate PPE, including footwear with removable crampons. In addition, refuse collection crews are supposed to be staff undertaking, undertaking gritting duties ahead of them. Unfortunately, some collections on Monday were suspended for a spell due to difficult road conditions at the time. The decision was taken by supervisors in order to protect our workforce. Crews were then deployed to areas where it was safe to work or asked to undertake alternative duties, such as additional gritting. He added, There is no question the recent conditions have been very challenging for all road users. Rain falling onto, sub-ze- onto sub-zero surfaces not only washes away grit that has already been laid down, but will also create black ice. However, we are very clear that we have followed our winter plan as required by the relevant roads legislation. This plan first and foremost focuses on keeping the city's priority roads, footways and cycle routes safe for use, but also sets out when we will treat other routes in the city. As part of this plan, we receive detailed detailed weather forecasts three times a day, as well as gathering data from our four monitoring stations around the city, which directly informs the the action we take each day. The Council insisted weather forecasting remains an inexact science, therefore it is not always possible to predict cold snaps which results in issues with gritting. It insisted there are 1,546 street grit brins which are refilled regularly to cope with ice and routes that are not deemed as a priority such as paths and pavements. And that piece was an exclusive by Maxine MacArthur. From the Glasgow Times, date Wednesday the 6th of January 2021, from the news section, Glasgow Royal Infirmary, Covid vaccine for NHS workers faces delays, by Hamish Morrison. NHS workers were facing waits of over two hours for their coronavirus vaccination as a queue mounted outside the Glasgow hospital. A nurse, who did not wish to be named, raised concerns that the long wake could affect frontline care in hospitals with staff stuck in the queue rather than working. He was told to come back for his jag at the Glasgow Royal Infirmary shortly after 1pm today and said it was more than half an hour late at the time of speaking. The Queen Elizabeth University hospital worker said, I was told by a steward that the people who are now at the back of the queue will have to wait for three hours. The wards are depleted because of this as well. He said he was frustrated people having to waste time in the queue when they were meant to be at work. Health and social care workers were lined up around the corner from the new Leicester building onto Alexander Parade as they waited to get the vital shot against COVID-19. It is understood that the first immunisations were supposed to begin at 8am but that, due to a delay, work did not get started until 10am, pushing back the schedule and that, at the time of going to print, Workers were still waiting on their jags. Workers were reportedly told they would not be allowed to keep their appointment if they did not wait in the queue. The source added, The next time I see the steward I'm going to ask if he can provide hot drinks for people because it's freezing. Monica Lennon, Scottish Labour's health spokeswoman, said, Rolling out the vaccine has to be the Scottish Government's number one priority. This must be done as quickly and efficiently as possible. So it's worrying to hear that frontline NHS staff are waiting in long queues. 
Scottish Government must ensure we have enough vaccinators and sites to prevent this from happening. Hospitals are struggling to cope and staffing levels are at crisis point. We need to make it as easy as possible for staff to get their jabs. Health Secretary Jean Freeman must update Parliament next week on how the vaccine programme is going and agree to publish a daily progress report. Vaccinations began in December with Nurse Polly McMahon, the first person in the Glitter, Glasgow and Clyde Health Board, to receive her BioNTech jack just days after it was approved for use. Two vaccines are now available to be used in the fight against coronavirus after the Oxford dose was approved for use on December the 30th. NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde was approached for comment. And that piece was by Hamish Morrison. From the Glasgow Times, date Wednesday the 6th of January 2021, from the news section. Glasgow weather. Snow forecasts for city as cold snap continues. By Ruth Souter, multimedia journalist. Snow has been forecasted for Glasgow as sub-zero temperatures continue to stretch across the region. While today we'll see sunny intervals with temperatures remaining around minus 1 degrees Celsius, the Met Office has announced light snow will reach the city by tomorrow. It's predicted snow will touch Glasgow early in the morning before fizzling out to leave a mainly dry and bright day in the afternoon with some sunny spells. Sub-zero chills that we've been feeling the past few days are forecasted to lift tomorrow as maximum temperatures are predicted to reach 4 degrees Celsius. The frosty snippet arrived early in the new year and seen lakes and ponds across the city freeze over with ice skaters taking to Queen's Park over the weekend. And that piece was by Ruth Sutter. From the Glasgow Times, date Wednesday the 6th of January 2021 from the news section, Houston Court, Police Break Up Alleged Rain Through a Lockdown Party on New Year's Eve, by Jacob Nicol, reporter. A man was arrested after 20 youths were reportedly found inside his rain through home on New Year's Eve in breach of Covid regulations. Police attended the property in Houston Court at around 9.30pm on Thursday after receiving reports about a party taking place there. The 20-year-old resident was arrested by officers and charged with culpable and reckless conduct. A report has been sent to the Procurator Fiscal. And that article is by Jacob Nicol. From the Glasgow Times, date Wednesday the 6th of January 2021, from the news section. New Covid variant less easy to control through lockdown. Experts. The new variant of COVID-19 will not be as easy to control through the lockdown as the old variant, an infectious diseases expert has warned. Professor Mark Wilhouse said that the people should temper expectations about the impact of the current lockdown and that simply stopping the situation getting any worse would be a good outcome. Lockdown measures have been imposed across the UK to combat the further spread of the new, more infectious strain of the virus. Professor Wilhouse, Professor of Infectious Diseases Epidemiology at the University of Edinburgh, said it is too early to tell what the impact of the new measures will be. He told BBC Good Morning Scotland, It should be about a week before we see the immediate impact on cases. We have to be careful here and temper expectations. The new variant is not as easy to control as the old variant, the one that was controlled by lockdown in March, so we'll have to wait and see whether it's actually decreasing cases 
or simply stopping the situation getting worse, stopping there being any further increase, and that, at this point in time, would be a good outcome. The epidemiologists are in two minds. Some people say that the schools being out would decrease the number of cases, but some have said the Christmas holidays will increase them. So I'm afraid we're going to have to wait and see for a couple of weeks before we know clearly what the trends are. What we have prepared for, as Nicholas Sturgeon has said, is the fact that we're going to get go on for some time yet. Professor Wilhouse, a member of the Scottish Government's COVID-19 advisory group, said the vaccines are in the light end of the tunnel and that once the most vulnerable people are protected, that will reduce the likelihood that people ended up in hospital. As how soon lockdown restrictions could be eased, he said there will be some scope for relaxing restrictions over the next few months, but added, I don't think anyone should anticipate a full return to normality for really quite some time. England's Chief Medical Officer, Professor Chris Whitty, has said that some of the restrictions may have to be introduced again next winter to combat the virus. Professor Wilhouse said this was pessimistic, but described it as a plausible scenario. He said, At the moment, there's no prospect at all of this virus going away, so we're going to have to learn to live with it. I very much hope they're not social distancing, lockdown-type restrictions. They don't need to be. Testing, mass testing, test and trace, isolation of cases, hygiene, social distancing when we meet, that all helps. My hope is that it will be enough for next winter. All of the UK is now under stringent coronavirus restrictions. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon imposed a lockdown in Scotland for the rest of January, with a legal requirement to stay at home in schools closed to most pupils until February. And that piece was by Jack Aitchison. From the Glasgow Times, the Friday the 8th of January 2021, from the news section, Coronavirus Scotland, new lockdown restrictions come into place. By Ruth Souter, multimedia journalist. A number of further coronavirus restrictions have come into effect in Scotland today. Earlier this week, the Scottish Government imposed a legally enforceable stay-at-home order across mainland Scotland in a bid to prevent any further transmission of the new COVID-19 strain. A series of new measures will come into effect from today in Scotland to prevent the NHS from becoming overwhelmed as cases continue to rise. From today, the following measures have been put in place. Places of worship to close. Places of worship across mainland Scotland will close from today. Churches and other similar venues can only open under new guidance, set out by First Minister Nicola Sturgeon on Monday, to broadcast a service or conduct a funeral, wedding or civil partnership. Once again, there are limits in such ceremonies taking place, with a maximum of 20 people allowed to attend a funeral service. However, wakes are banned. Up to five people can attend weddings and civil partnership services. Further non-essential businesses to close. Ski centres, showrooms of larger retailers and clinics offering cosmetic and aesthetic procedures must also close. The Scottish Government has urged the public to work from home. Grants of up to £9,000 have become available for those businesses ordered to close. Changes to the one metre workplace rule. The current one metre exemption for social distancing in workplace can- canteens has also changed. 
It means canteens will have to ensure that employees sit two metres or more apart. And that piece is by Ruth Sitter. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 8th of January 2021, from the news section, Coronavirus Scotland, Poundland stores temporarily close in new lockdown. By Ruth Sutter, multimedia journalist. A Glasgow Poundland store is to close for hibernation amid the new coronavirus lockdown rules. The discount chain announced the new measures after noticing an 80% drop in footfall in the city centre. From tomorrow, Glasgow's Union Street store will temporarily close for the foreseeable future with employees to be placed on furlough. The Bargain Superstore will also temporarily shut 43 other chains across the UK to help protect the businesses short term. Austin Cook, Poundland's retail director, said We learned valuable lessons during the lockdown in March about how buying patterns change as people stick to government advice to stay at home. Putting a small number of stores into hibernation helps protect them from the long term and focus our attention on the majority of stores that remain open to serve their neighbourhoods. We hope this lockdown is short and we can reopen our hibernating stores as quickly as possible and we will remain grateful for the vital support schemes available to us that help protect jobs. In the first 2020 lockdown, Poundland hibernated around 120 stores in March and was able to start reopening them from the end of May. In that article is by Ruth Sutter. From the Glasgow Times, it's Friday the 8th of January 2021, from the news section. Glasgow trains, ongoing police incidents spark delays into city. By Ruth Sutter, multimedia journalist. An ongoing police incident in Motherwell has sparked train delays into the city. National Rain has warned the commuters to expect the service to be disrupted until 11.15 this morning. A statement reads, The police are dealing with an incident in the Motherwell area, resulting in a disruption to trains between Glasgow Central and Carstairs. Trains will be delayed or cancelled until approximately 11.15. The nature of the incident is currently unknown. We have approached British Transport Police for further comment. And that piece was by Ruth Sutter. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 8th of January 2021, from the news section, Glasgow weather, warning for snow and ice in place, by Ruth Sutter, multimedia journalist. Glaswegians woke up to inches of snowfall this morning as another weather warning has been put in place. The Met Office is urging residents to be cautious of untreated pavements and roads as thick blankets of snow have fallen across the city. The forecaster has warned heavy snow showers may bring difficult driving conditions where some disruption to travel is likely. Conditions are expected to last till midday. A statement reads, Frequent heavy snow showers will affect the region overnight before gradually easing during Friday morning with many areas becoming dry in the afternoon. Around 2-5 to centimetres is expected to fall in the area with up to 10 centimetres possible in a few places above 150 metres chiefly in the far north and northeast, Ice is likely to be an additional hazard. And that article is by Ruth Sutter, multimedia journalist. From the Glasgow Times, date Friday the 8th of January 2021, from the news section, 
Glasgow's Head of Education defends decision to keep all schools open by Caroline Wilson, senior reporter. Glasgow's Head of Education has defended the decision to keep all of the city's schools open, saying vulnerable pupils had been put at risk during the last lockdown because teachers didn't see enough children. Maureen McKenna said decisions about classroom numbers will be left to the discretion of schools who know their families and said the council was up to the adopting a less rigid approach than other local authorities. The Scottish Government had previously announced that pupils would go back to school from January 18th, following a week of online learning, but remote learning has now been extended until the end of the month due to the sharp rise in Covid cases. The vast majority of children won't be back in the classrooms until February the 1st, unless parents or guardians are key workers or they're categorised as vulnerable. Ms McKenna, who is the Executive Director of Education for the Council, said that shutting the city's primary and secondary schools last year had led, to, had led to safeguarding issues because many parents don't identify as vulnerable. Primary schools and nurseries have been asked to contact the families of children who may be at risk. The Council said it does not have the figures yet for the number of people likely to attend school for Monday, but stressed that those who can support their child at home should do so. Teaching Union, the EIS, said it would be monitoring the situation to ensure the safety of teachers. Ms McKenna said it was likely that schools would be likely to see more pupils face-to-face this time because more pu- parents were continuing to work. Asked if teachers might feel anxious because schools in a city with higher levels of deprivation might be more likely to see more pupils, she said, You don't come to Glasgow for an easy shift. Their job is to do face-to-face and online teaching, and what we want to be supportive. These are challenging times for everybody. In the last lockdown, we didn't see enough children, and there were safeguarding issues because parents don't identify as being vulnerable, so the schools make contact. We didn't put an application process out there like other local authorities, and they've been very rigid in applying that to key workers. We are leaving it to the discretion of the schools. We want to be sympathetic to our parents because there are a lot of parents who are struggling and experiencing hardship and trying to hold on to a job. If it's primary or nursery, we ask schools to contact nurseries to clarify the key workers and children who feel they would benefit. For secondary, we ask them to contact us simply because of the scale. I don't like the term vulnerable because they, the teachers, know their families. She said that if numbers in one school are small, pupils may be sent to another that is close by, which has been less staff such as cleaners and janitors being put at risk. We will have to see what the demand is, she said. There are more people working, construction sites are open and they weren't open before. What I didn't want to, was schools saying, well, you're a higher priority, or because I'm a consultant, I'm a higher priority than a gas man. I didn't want the schools to get into a fan club categorising and saying we only have got 10 places. It's for the school to manage and of course it is a challenge because they are trying to manage the children in school while supporting remote learning as well. She said that while during the last lockdown, teachers that had more or less been tasked with the childcare of key workers with little bits of learning, schools were in a very different position this time around. This time the direction we've got from the government is very clear that from Monday it's about learning. I think there will be more children but I can't say definitely. I know one school said that would normally have 600 in it, has got 50 at the moment and he's anticipating a bit more.
There are also parents who want to keep their children at home and there are parents who say, I know I'm at home but I want my child at school. She added, I'm really concerned about our senior pupils and the damage this is doing in terms of motivation and aspiration that's not related to deprivation. It's across the whole gambit. I'm very distressed about these senior pupils. Ms McKenna said that all requests from parents for face-to-face teaching would be judged on a case-by-case basis and says schools in the West End of the city had experienced more pushback from parents. I've had, let's say, Professor Plum and his partner who are teaching online and they don't want their children there and I'm saying, well, that's unfortunate. I've also got teachers who have been declined spaces in other local authorities and I've gone back to them because if we've had an agreement across the West Partnership to say that if they're in school, then I'll negotiate and we'll get their childcare sorted. But not if they're doing the remote teaching, they'll have to face the same struggles as other people. It's a very hard situation. I think you have to look at the context. This has been a really difficult time for everyone, so let's be supportive. I had issues where there were safeguarding issues with families, where mums were locked in, not locked down, and there was domestic abuse going on, and because we didn't see the children. To safeguard, you have to provide certain opportunities for children to disclose, and you can only do that if you see them and make eye contact with them. I've got someone who wrote today who has children with additional support needs and he wants a full-time provision. I know he's in the house, so we'll offer him sometime, but it might not be full-time. Susan Quinn, EIS Glasgow Local Secretary, said the union will be working with the council to ensure no teachers are in school for longer than is absolutely necessary. She said, As I understand, head teachers are working to ensure there are as few people in schools as is practical. Yes, there is a situation that Glasgow has a much higher amount of young people who might fall into the vulnerable category and because of the larger hospitals there is likely to be a higher number of key workers. We're seeing an increase in the numbers of parents who are looking for their children to be in school but we don't have the figures yet and we will be meeting with them at the beginning of the week to discuss that. And that article is by Caroline Wilson. From the Glasgow Times, date Friday the 8th of January 2021, from the news section, JD Sports accused of putting staff at risk after a Covid outbreak at Glasgow store. This piece is an exclusive by Lauren Gilmore, Facebook community reporter. A popular sportswear brand has been accused of putting staff in danger following an outbreak of Covid-19 at a Glasgow store. Cases of the virus were recorded in JD Sports at the city's Fort Shopping Centre between December 26th and 29th. The Glasgow Times has also learned of claims that branches were asked by senior managers to remove in-out customer capacity count signs, safety measures in place to control the spread of the virus. The company has denied these claims, however the Glasgow Times has obtained an email appearing to be from a member of senior staff saying that capacity counts should be removed and there should be no in-out signs and entrances and exits to and from the store. Whistleblowers also claim that staff have been expected to be at work to fulfil online orders, which they do not believe is essential retail. A source, who asked not to be named, said, I'm being forced to come into work despite being in a national lockdown. Although only being contracted as a sales assistant, I'm being told I'm expected to travel into work to pick online orders. Stores have been closed to the general public and there is no click and collect service in operation which is permitted under the Scottish Government guidelines. A spokeswoman for JD Sports said, Throughout the pandemic, 
The health and well-being of our colleagues and customers have always remained our highest priority. We continue to follow the latest government guidelines and have in place all appropriate measures to ensure that our colleagues, who are not on furlough, can continue to work safely across our operations. Dave Moxham at the Scottish Trade Union Congress, STUC, has received the has revealed the body has been inundated with reports from workers being asked to attend work. He said, Since the new lockdown announcement by Nicola Sturgeon on Monday, the STUC has been inundated by reports from workers of employers bending their rules to stay open. Employers need to put health and safety first. With the furlough scheme available, forcing workers into non-essential workplaces to attend work shows shows contempt for their own workforce as well as the wider public. We'd encourage all workers who've been pressured to attend non-essential workplaces to get together in a WhatsApp group and contact the STUC for advice. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon urged businesses who are asking staff to come into work to reconsider. In yesterday's daily briefing, she said, I want to stress again the need for all companies to do as much as they possibly can. In particular, they should only be asking people to come into work if it is for work that cannot possibly be done from home and if it is for work that is genuinely essential. The bottom line here, and I need to be really blunt about this, is that for this lockdown to be as effective as we need it to be, we must radically reduce the number of interactions we are having. That means reducing to a minimum the reasons people are required to leave their home. If we need to require more non-essential activity to close in order to achieve this, we will have to do that. That's a matter of ongoing review by the Scottish Government right now. However, businesses can help now by limiting as far as, as far as possible the numbers of workers that are asking to leave their homes and I'm asking them again to do so. Is your employer asking you to come to work despite new guidelines urging people to work from home? Contact lauren.gilmore at newsquest.co.uk And that article is an exclusive by Lauren Gilmore. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 8th of January 2021, from the news section, Scotland's Met Office weather warning, dog owners warned of potentially toxic grit, by Jamie Shuttleworth, Head of Social. Gritters have been out in force this week as temperatures have plummeted across the country. While the gritters may keep pedestrians and motorists safe on the icy roads and pavements, it can be potentially hazardous for animals. We spoke to the experts to find out why the winter months can be dangerous for your pets and what you can do to help them. Here's what the SSPCA had to say. Scottish SPCA Chief Superintendent Mike Flynn said that salt can irritate animals' paws and may upset your pet's digestive system if ingested. And, in high doses, the rock salt found in grit could be toxic to dogs and cats. What can I do to protect my pet? The SSPCA would always recommend washing your dog's feet after they've been walking outdoors on gritty roads, particularly if they're prone to licking their paws. What about walking on ice? Ice and snow can be slippery for animals too, so make sure your dog is in the lead if you're walking them somewhere where the ground is icy to minimise the risk of them injuring themselves in a slip or fall. Mr Flynn also states that you should keep dogs in the lead around waterways and this could be at risk of falling through the ice. What if my pet falls through the ice? The SSPCA receives lots of reports each year where people have tried to rescue their pet from a frozen lock or river and often the consequences are tragic.
Mr. Flynn said, If your pest has fallen through the ice, then you should call the Fire and Rescue Service and wait for assistance. Never go out onto the ice as an after an animal as, while the ice may be able to hold the weight of a dog, it is unlikely to hold the weight of a human. Should I let my pet outside in the cold? DSSPCA say if the weather is particularly bad, you should try to keep your dog's walk as brief and make sure your cats don't stray too far from the safety of home. They add that you should make sure any rabbits or guinea pigs are brought indoors for shelter and check any outdoor water sources you have for your animals to make sure they don't freeze over. Should I let my dog off the lead? Scottish SPCA Chief Superintendent Mike Flynn says, Dogs can also pose a danger to waterfowl and other wildlife, so please make sure they're under control at all times if there are wild animals in the area. Sadly, we often receive calls where dogs have injured or even killed wildlife, and incidents like these can be easily avoided by simply by keeping the dogs on the lead. And that article was by Jamie Shuttleworth. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 8th of January 2021, from the news section... Sturgeon warns stricter lockdown may be needed with NHS under severe pressure. Tougher lockdown restrictions could be needed in Scotland as the NHS is coming under severe and increasing pressure from coronavirus, Nicola Sturgeon has warned. Days after mainland Scotland entered its second national lockdown, the First Minister warned stricter measures could still be needed to combat the faster spreading strain of COVID-19. Her comments came as the number of people in Scotland with the virus rose to 1,467, pretty close to the number reached at the peak of the first wave. Some activities which were halted in March have been allowed to continue, such as professional sport and some construction and manufacturing work. But Ms Sturgeon said, For this lockdown period really is effective, as we need it to be, we must radically change the number of interactions we are having, and that means reducing the minimum when people are required to leave their homes. If we require more non-essential activities to close in order to achieve this, we will have to do that. It is a matter of ongoing review by the Scottish Government right now. Speaking at our daily coronavirus briefing, the First Minister added, At this stage, people need to prioritise limiting the spread of the virus, and if we think as a government that we need to go further in terms of the regulations and the legal restrictions, we will do that, because we have to cut interactions sufficiently to stop this virus spreading. If it takes more tough decisions, then that's what I will do. Because we see from these case numbers, death numbers, pressure in our health service, that we could not allow the virus to run away from us, the consequences of that are just too great. With hospital numbers rising again during winter, traditionally the busiest time of the year for the health service, Ms Sturgeon said, The NHS is coping but it is under severe and increasing pressure. Wintry weather in recent days means accident and emergency staff are having to deal with cases of people falling and slipping on ice, as well as the impact of COVID-19. Ms Sturgeon said, Every single person who gets infected with the virus is someone who might need hospital care in future. The more all of us stay at home and reduce, to reduce the opportunities for the virus to spread, the more all of us help the NHS to cope. Stay at home, protect the NHS, save lives. That's now just as important as it was last March, and I ask everybody to take it just as seriously as all of us did back then. She said the NHS was under greatest pressure in the Borders area, along with Greater Glasgow and Clyde and the Ayrshire and Arran region. 
But she said the NHS was under severe pressure across the whole country. Arjane Scott's, it needs all of us to help play a part in helping the heroes that work in, the, in it to cope and, cope and do the job they are doing in such difficult circumstances. Chief Medical Officer Dr Gregor Smith also spoke about the impact coronavirus was having on NHS staff. He said, I have colleagues right across the community in hospital-based care that turn up every day and I know how hard they're working just now and how tired they are. They have had not just a couple of weeks of hard work behind them, but actually this has been going on for months now. When I speak to them, I recognise their unease and their anxiety at times about what they're faced with ahead because there is some uncertainty for them when they turn up for work, just how busy they're going to be and just exactly what they're going to be faced with over the day. We should never underestimate the impact that has on individuals. And that piece was by Jack Aitchison. And that was this week's Glasgow Times News podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes with the publisher's kind permission. Thanks for listening.